thing or you deserve a cosign. Hey y'all, it is Kiki. I want to welcome you to the latest episode of the Cosign Podcast. I am here with my brother and friend Douglas Watley of the Watleys. Wait, are we still of the Watleys? I I I have not changed my last name. Okay. But I know like two episodes ago you were saying that you were not gonna be of the Watleys. Did anymore. I say that? Something like that. Keep in mind that I'm a maniac, so I I have commitment issues. Anyways. Yes. Here with Dougie. I also have my girl, me, she, hey. Hey, in the background. If you hear some crackling and popping and chitlin' loaves falling on the ground, it is because she is in a kitchen. <laughs> she in the kitchen cooking She's in the kitchen hooking it up for me because she loves me, and every time I come over here, she cooks. The chitlins taste Dougie great. doesn't eat otherwise. I have not eaten in days. I cried. I cried okay. last night. And <laughs> So our guest today, I'm really excited. So... Um, when I started the, the cosign as the visual, I wanted to make sure that you guys didn't put us in a box of just musical artists. Cause I know that's what people would expect of me. And I knew that that's the way that people think about entertainment and creativity for the most part. They either think about a singer, a songwriter, or like an actor or an actress. And the one thing that I really wanted to be clear about from the beginning was that creative people are on the spectrum of like a lot of different genres you know there are all sorts of creative people in the world and I didn't want to feel boxed in and I didn't want you guys to expect us to be you know a one lane podcast or show right Dougie right oh gosh thank you so today's guest I'm really excited about we've had um a choreographer, a creative director, a visual artist, a painter. A mime. Um, it was a very quiet episode. <laughs> I'm killing the game already. I like him already, man. <laughs> We've had, um, <laughs> obviously, singers. Well, the majority of our guests have been singers, mu- musical artists. Um, but I'm excited today because... <clears throat> Wait a minute, I'm slick too. We should do an episode. <laughs> we're interviewing a mom and it's just silence. Dougie, but how is that going to be an episode? It'll be funny. What like are we... 20 minutes of like asking we... questions and pretending like we're getting answers back. Okay. Okay, let's do it. Okay, thank you. That'd be, Whatever you think. That'd be a masterpiece. So where are you from? <laughs> Me? <laughs> <laughs> See? Look. Cue the tumbleweeds. <laughs> I like it. Like, man, that's interesting, bro. You're right. <laughs> Just hear heavy breathing. <laughs> Thank you, Mom. Man, you the best. This is you we don't have thus far. Anyway, I'm sorry. So you're really excited. I'm really excited because if you know me, you know I love food. And I will Miss Ye's over there shaking her head. Yes, that's very sad. That she's over there like, mm-hmm, she loves food. <laughs> And not only do I love food, but I have come to truly just love the art of creating food, like the culinary, the art of it. You know what I mean? Like I am like a diehard food network, diehard, like any cooking show you will ever think of. I I binge watch it. Like I just love it. And so I'm really excited today to have this guy um, on the show, not because he's only a chef, because I'm sure he has multiple talents and gifts that he could share with us. Like singing. But <laughs> but you guys may already know of him and love him 
as a chef. So I'm really excited to finally have a culinary artist on the Cosign Podcast that I actually can co-sign, and I'm excited to co-sign. Chef Willie Wallace is here with us. And he's so doggone full of himself that he's being the crowd in the microphone right now. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank like, you. who does that? Right there, thank you, man. Thank does that other thank than you. Dougie? I, no, I'm humbled. I'm humbled. By me. Welcome to the Cosign Podcast. What type of foolery have you got yourself into? <laughs> I don't know, but I'm excited. <laughs> no, we're, 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 we're super happy to have you. Thank I'm you happy for, to be here. I appreciate for coming it. Thank you. and hanging out with us. I know Dougie's a lot to deal with, but you're... You're taking it in stride. So oh, I appreciate yeah, it. I feel I'm like, chilling. I feel like we would be friends in real Can we life. cuss on this show and stuff? Yeah. Or is this- and Welcome we to the Coastline Podcast. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited to have you here, Chef Willie Wallace. Thank you. Thank you. Hooray, hooray, hooray. This guy, I've just loved watching him move through the industry or his career as a chef. It's been really cool to see the dishes that he plates, especially on my hungry days. <laughs> <laughs> Which is every day. He's one of those accounts Which that if you follow day. him on Instagram, it's really frustrating. Like, you cannot enjoy your feed because you can just be like, I'm going to be, you know, I'm not going to eat yet. I'm going to eat later. I'm not hungry. My page is very tempting. It yeah. is so very bad. Tempting. It is so bad. I'm telling you guys. I showed it to me. She, A, before you came, and she was just like, oh my gosh, why? <laughs> she is always, perpe- she's perpetually hungry. Me too. <laughs> I think <laughs> women are in general. Yeah, y'all I'm agree. just going to say y'all it. Agree. We do. For sure. Well, Chef, can I call you Chef? Yeah, you're just fine. You can call me All Chef. All right, Mr. Chef. Mr. I'm, chef. I'm, a, I'm respectful. Mr. <laughs> chef. Tell us your story, man. How'd you get into this this chef? And I'm from Flint, Michigan, originally. Shout out to the Midwest. You know what? It's not on purpose, guys. But the Midwest is pushing through this podcast on a whole other level. That's what's up. The we Midwest rule it. Is we trying rule to it. get out of the Midwest to Atlanta. That's true too. That's true too. Or anywhere. How long have you been gone? Uh, I left. I would say. I left after high school, though. Mm-hmm. I played ball in Detroit at University of Detroit Mercy, and then I played overseas after that. I never would have guessed that. Yeah. Uh, judging from <laughs> your right. small is like <laughs> right, right, seven right. foot three. Right. Wait a minute. What position do you play? Uh, small forward, power forward, center, guard. Oh, whatever. So you play basketball? You play basketball? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't so play So me football. too. I played the forward. The forward. Okay. So 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 you so you playing small forward? So tell me, like, what? I was a lot smaller then. <laughs> My job now is keeps me this size. So. <laughs> so tell me, like, what is what is it like over there? Like overseas, over, playing basketball there, man, is, it, is it easy? It's not easy. It's definitely a challenge because you're going to a whole another country, whole another culture. I remember going to Estonia over in the Soviet, and those people are racist, and they're looking at me like I'm an alien over there. So it's an experience I never forget. But um, but it was it is good to experience other cultures though to mm-hmm. see how other people live see what other people take what's important because over here in the United States we take the the dumbest stuff and we talk about it and blog about it every single day it's ridiculous um, but it was fun though you know see, I would think you would be glorified there I think you're playing for sometimes their team. no it depends on where though just going over there eating their food trying you know learning a little bit of Spanish and stuff like that man it's it's cool because you think about how many people um, I just think about how many people I played elementary with and then I played junior high high school college and out of all those guys there's like a few of us that were playing overseas so mm-hmm. you just appreciate that blessing to be able to be in that position to do that it's a blessing mm-hmm. I think we t- I think we all take that for granted yeah um, especially in the arts and in mm-hmm. and I think athleticism is also an art mm-hmm. so in the arts we take that when to be able to transcend beyond high school right 
to adult life and yeah. use your art right. as, a, as, a, as a skill to make money. Right. We, That's how I got into cooking because I, I always had a love for it, but I've always had an artistic eye. I'm just an artistic, artistic person. Mm-hmm. I, I took the talent that God gave me and I just started focusing on that. And then he just started opening up doors for me and I grow you know, better and better every single time that I you know, get in the kitchen. So. Awesome sauce. I would say in my 20s when I was in college, I used to just be the one in the dorm cooking and stuff. <laughs> but I was cooking because I was just trying to save money just because, you know, everybody in college is broke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yes, you Lord. get tired of eating the food at the cafeteria and stuff that. like school, that. school, though. University of Detroit Mercy. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, you get tired of the cafeteria food. You get tired of eating fast food. You know, you miss your mom's cooking because mm-hmm. you're away. So, you know, you try to emulate some of that stuff and cook some of that stuff. So I was doing that and then people were loving my food. But I still never would have thought about doing it as a profession. I thought it wasn't cool, to be honest well, with you. Well, let me ask you this question. <laughs> Did you have... Did you have a stove or did you have a hot? Pot? Oh, I had a I had an electric skillet. You know those things. You, oh yeah, like, I had one of those. Yeah, it's like a rectangle <laughs> shape, mm-hmm. and it, you just plug it in. You know, so, so you were I, cooking what on that? Tacos. You know, I I, cook I love some, tacos. Yeah, tacos. Um, tacos. <laughs> like, tacos. I'm like I just oh, love tacos. tacos. Real cheese. Oh, you know what I'm saying? And tacos. <laughs> so, did you have any influences early on? You mentioned your mother. Yeah, any I mean, people yeah. in your family that like really cooked down, like. Honestly, know, yeah. I mean, my mom, she threw down in the kitchen. And my dad has uh, his few dishes that he would throw down. He's a big dessert person, okay. so he was always baking stuff. So yeah, they they and they always used to cook all the time, you know. So um, that I wouldn't say it was really an inspiration because, like I said, there was nothing that I thought I would be doing. I really did not get into this, like start really taking it serious until like three years ago. Wow. Well, may I ask you a question about that? Mm-hmm. Um, I think sometimes it's seen, maybe I'm wrong, that it's not masculine for a man to cook. At growing up was... No, that's true. Was it seeing your dad cook? Like, okay, this is just a part of life. Or what? Or what was that story like? Did your dad ever tell you stories like, hey, when I was growing up, we had to cook? Or was it just something he he decided to do? I think it was just something that he decided to do a lot of times, just to maybe give my mom a break. You know, Mm. Um, but my yeah, but my mom, she was cooking all. She would cook all the time. You know, so. Um, it, I always, but you, like you say, it is kind of a thing where you know not a lot of men were cooking. But then it's like nowadays everybody mm-hmm. is like, yeah. all men are cooking, this, and women don't know how to cook. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't. It's, I don't know what yeah. happened. <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like the total opposite. But I think that's what happened because um, I think even in past relationships, I was always the one cooking, and so you know. I don't know. Maybe they they just took advantage of the fact that I can cook. No, absolutely. That's what happened. Because, I mean, first of all, women love the idea of a man cooking. I don't know what it is, but it's a huge really? turn on. Yeah. Yeah, I, I- yeah, yeah. I don't want to it. I'm about it to make is. me a little, a little. It is because honestly, I think on. I think the thing of it is it kind of goes back to what you just said. Like a lot of us coming up, especially if you came up in a two parent home or saw your mother mm-hmm. in a relationship of some of some sort. A lot of times the woman is the person in the household cooking. Like I come from a cooking family and every holiday, every, you know what I mean? Like it's all the women in the kitchen, like getting the big meals together. And so I think just to see a man kind of take that on or be able to do it. And then we love food so much. It's kind of like, oh my gosh, are you really doing this? You know, like it's just, it's, it's a double plus. So if you get into a relationship with a man that cooks or you, you know. Yeah. They always make it super romantic on the movies and stuff. They always like, yeah. 
have the guy with the roses yes. and the candles burning yes. and he's in there cooking for yes. her because do? they're not no that's not what I do I'm just saying that's how <laughs> but that's but that's how that's the stigma behind it you yeah. know they um they, they glorify they, that they it is a, it really they is romanticize, romanticize it. about it yeah, yeah. so and you like dude I've been in this kitchen sweating <laughs> yeah like, like you think this is sexy like, you coming out much it's <laughs> <laughs> all seasoning all in my nails and I got chicken grease in my beard. <laughs> it is hot. It is hot. But, it's popped in your face. Three but or I think times. that, you know, it, it just comes down to you being in a situation and you understanding, like, what the other person is good at. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because if you cook to the extent to which you cook, mm-hmm. you're going to be the better cook in the situation unless you're with a chef. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So in that type of situation, it's like... There's a lot of guys out here that can cook, though, that's not a chef. I know, but what I'm yeah. saying is to the extent that you cook, you hone that skill, you practice it, you do it yeah. professionally. Like Because the women to, ain't cooking, so we got to we gotta survive. Are they cooking? You know, <laughs> we don't know what they're cooking. You know what? <laughs> we, don't know, well, we do know what it is, actually. Shout uh, out to us women out there who do Yeah, it's a few. It's, it's some, some of y'all do. I'm just, and, I'm just messing yeah. Um, yeah. Shout out to the men, though, who know that women love food. We can actually fast forward a little bit if you want to um, the moment in which you decided, like, okay, maybe I can actually do this at a level that's not normal. Right. Because I feel like you cook, I cook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, we all hear, cook. I would like to hear the story of him coming back to the U.S. and making that transition from, I guess you kind of said that, uh, like, from, hey, I'm, I'm out, what am I going to do next? And to, oh, yeah. So, you know, I was playing play. ball overseas. And then, I, you know, it was kind of, you know, up and down and not really where I wanted to be. And um, I think I was age of 26, going on 27. And I'm like, man, I still have – I just got out of college maybe three years ago. So, you know, my resume is not too far off. And so let me go ahead and start trying to build my resume. And so I just got a job at Dell. You know, and I was just trying to figure it out. And I moved to Nashville. Um, I did really well there. I stayed there for about four years, actually. And I was, like, really thinking I was going to be this corporate dude forever. But then I just got to the point where I was making Michael Dell so much money, (laughs) and I wasn't getting paid for it. And so (laughs) I'm thinking to myself, like, man, if I I was able to to put all this effort that I'm putting in to come up short sometimes, but I'm still making him, you know, $3 million a quarter, (laughs) you know what I'm saying, so I would rather work for myself, you know. And so um, I did some network marketing here and there. And when you're doing that network marketing, it introduces you to all of these entrepreneurs. So I started to have an entrepreneur mindset. I've done prepaid legal. I've done Avocare. I've done so many different things where I learned that entrepreneur mindset. And so, but I still what is that? What is the entrepreneur mindset? Instead of me putting one hundred percent of the effort into something, I rather hire a hundred people and get all of the effort to equal up to one hundred percent. Does that make sense? And so that makes me the boss instead of me instead of me being the employee and, and uh, making somebody else's dreams come true. Okay. So I didn't know what I wanted to do. I know I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I just didn't figure out. I couldn't figure out what it was going to be. Mm-hmm. I know it was going to be owning, you know, whatever because I can cut hair too. You know what I'm saying? So it's a me lot. Of, I can, it's a lot of different things that I'm good at. But it was like, okay, I got to figure out what is it that can um, generate some income. And then um, I got out of the corporate world. And I was trying to figure it out. I started. I was doing like Taco Tuesdays at home and inviting people over just for the hell of it. And people were like loving it. And so next thing you know, um, I probably had like 50 people at the house one time. And a friend of mine was like, you need to do this at my friend's lounge and make some money. Mm. I was like, bet. So I charged like two or $3 a taco. And then I would leave for maybe like two or $300 at the end of the night. And so 
Um, I was posting my food on Instagram, and people were like, oh, that looks so good. You need to do a cookbook. What's the recipe for this? What's the recipe for that? So I just started selling meal prep because I was like, I need to get food out here so people can actually taste it. Then it went from meal prep to somebody asking me, do I cater weddings? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> Never catered a wedding in my life. So how many people are at this wedding? Uh, 125 people. How long did it take you to prepare for that? Um, did you do it by yourself? No. So what? Yeah, I did it by myself. So what I did, I, I talked. I have other chefs that I talked to, and I was mentoring up under. And I just started asking questions. You know what I'm saying? Telling them what I'm doing, how many people it's for. They're breaking it down. Okay, so if it's this many people, you need this amount of pans of mm-hmm. food to feed this amount of people. So I just did it, and I did it in. You know, I did it the, the, um, all in the same day. Took it to the venue. And they tore it up. Wait a minute, all in the same day. That morning? Yeah. Yeah. Was your stress level on 100? No, I mean, it was not, it was, I wasn't really stressed. I was more anxious because this is my first big event. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But um, the food, I mean, it wasn't really that hard. What'd but you I make? did. I, let me see. I think it was like some Parmesan chicken. I did like two different kind of pastas. And I forgot what else I did. But it was, it was a lot of food. But it was it was able to stretch because it was pasta, mm-hmm. and so I was in like this little kitchen, and it was just hectic because these people wanted stuff replenished, and I'm having to do all this by myself. You know what I'm saying? So at the actual event, it got a little stressful, but it was rewarding because everybody was talking about how much they loved the food. Yeah. So yeah, that was my that was my first big experience, and then I just started letting things kind of grow. You know, from that, you know, I had people recommending me, and then I started cooking for a few celebrities here and there, mm-hmm. and I think my biggest. Break um, came when I uh, cooked for Rick Ross. And when I went to go cook for him, everybody was like, oh, my God, you're cooking. Because I had already cooked for, like, Janelle Monet and some other people. I think Keisha Cole and all that. But Rick Ross was, like, on a whole nother level for some people. Mm-hmm. And then my phone just started just ringing off the as he, as he ate the food, was he like, Ugh. <laughs> Ross, yeah, oh. uh, y'all know that's my spirit. These Caribbean know. turkey bags, man. <laughs> off the chain. Hashtag oh. Ross Grunt. So let me get another one. But what was that time frame like? Was that like a couple of months, or was that? No, man, it took some time. It took like probably like a couple years before I got to Rick Ross. But I had also cooked for a couple celebrities here and there. And then, like, once you start cooking for some celebrities, you know, um, it's just people. I don't know. They just your stock just goes up Mm because they believe in you more, especially when they shout you out and stuff like that. So. it took me a couple of years to get to that point, but I, you know, I was picking up clients here and there. It was slow. It was a grind. It was hard, like doing all that stuff. But and I almost gave up a couple of times. And I got a chance to work as a sous chef at Ti's Restaurant, Scales Nine Two Five. So that was a really good experience. But one one time, I made a ham sandwich from the dad from Sister Sister, uh-huh. and uh, he was very happy. He was <laughs> said a ham sandwich the dad from Sister Sister. <laughs> sister Sister Tim <laughs> Reed. Yeah, <laughs> we, I mean, I know who he is. I'm just wait, trying wait. To figure how out did how you did end you up? Yeah, why? How or why? Oh how did gosh. that even come about? Why we gotta ask so many questions? Yeah, no, come on, Chef. Happened. Tell us what how that happened. Man, I was at IKEA. <laughs> this ain't starting off good. <laughs> I was at IKEA. Did you put his dresser together too? <laughs> we were talking. We became friends. Long, long and short of it, night ended with me making him a ham sandwich. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Me and Tim Reader, I don't think we're friends from this point on. Uh, he may not remember me, but he'll always remember that sandwich this is that we so shared. Weird. It's so bad. It's so bad. That's so, weird. <laughs> so God bless you. So I love you, Tim Reed. Dougie. 
That was the most awkward story I've ever heard. Ever. I think beautiful. They get worse and worse. Oh, my God. You meet them at Ikea. Hey, you want a ham sandwich? (laughs) It didn't go like that. Do you eat pork? Because not even a lot of people even eat pork. Right. And you made a pork sandwich. Well, I had to ask him, was he down with a swan, babe? (laughs) Talk about the Oh, man. Come on. Anyway, continue. So... One thing that stuck out to me in that story is just the commitment to continuing to do what you do, Mm -hmm. right? Even when you're starting off, like, just getting $200 from tacos. Mm -hmm. You know, I think a lot of times creatives stop too soon. Yeah, they do. Because one thing about the arts, anything that you do that is artistically driven, and maybe this is the case with anything in general, but the more you do it, the more you pay attention to it, the more you focus on it, the better you get. Mm-hmm, absolutely. You know what I mean? I think sometimes people want to pay off from something that mm-hmm. they are not necessarily good at yet. Yeah. I look at my, my, my Facebook memories when mm-hmm. they shows you a year ago and two years ago and three years ago. I look at my food pictures and I'm like, <laughs> that ham sounds look crazy. Delete, delete, Man, delete. what was I yeah. making right there? Yeah. Ham sandwich. So I think, I think that story is just a huge testament to the reality, you know, that if you're a creative person... Or, or, I mean, you are a person in general. But if you're working towards something, you know, you, you can't give, give. Yeah, you yeah. gotta give it when, time to grow yeah. and to become better. Because when you God know? gives you a gift, He gives you that gift for a reason. Right. And all you gotta do is is embrace the gift. Right. Work hard at it and polish it and and grow from mm. you know the losses and things like that. And then you know He'll He'll make a way. Yeah. You know when you're walking in purpose. He'll make a way, Preach. and that's a and that is a David. That's a David story, mm-hmm. right? The David story is he's here. He's taking care of sheep. He's kicking it at the house. He's fighting lions. He's fighting bears. Y'all, Dougie's a preacher, by the uh, way. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, this this whiskey <laughs> gets me in the spirit. Um, and but but when it's time for him to fight giants, he's ready. And he, he does this in regular conversation too, by the way. Yeah, Go ahead. Yeah, he's ready because he's prepared himself exactly. for so many years. Exactly. What we what we miss is. We miss the the cultivating factor, right? We miss that, and you said this already a second ago, so I'm just going to reiterate what you said. We miss the point from, I'm just starting to, I'm making big bucks. We don't see that journey, and what we want is it's the gratification. There and what you go. ends up happening when we don't see that journey is we're not prepared. Mm-hmm. We're never prepared. So yep. when the yep. time comes where we can't have an opportunity that may be bigger and greater for right. us because we haven't sat in that preparation, right. when it comes, we're just not prepared for yeah, it. So I true. think you're a great example of you know going from selling tacos at your house. I mean, having Taco Tuesday at your mm-hmm. house, to which tacos we'll be doing a, next Tuesday at my house. By the way, <laughs> thank you, Chef. Come get these empanadas. Um, <laughs> But, like, I think that's just an awesome story that mm-hmm. once you got to the point where you're like, okay, I'm good at this. Now let me go try to make a couple bucks from it. And, okay, I yeah. made a couple bucks from it. Now let me see if I can flip it and make it into, you know, a preparation, a meal prep right. opportunity. Because that was big a couple years ago. Yeah. Like a few years back, everybody was meal prepping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, still it's still are. big, though. They it's still it's still getting are. even bigger. Yes. It's they still even are. Yeah. People it's, don't want to You got have trainers that do meal prep for their clients yeah. now. Really? Yeah. yeah. Or you have trainers who are connected to someone who yeah. does meal prep and they send all of their. Yeah. Because I get people know. send me their clients and stuff. Absolutely. So, yeah, for sure. It's a huge thing. And I just think that, you know, that's the point. I know we goof around a lot on the podcast, but I always like to make good salad points, nuggets. Like, mm. don't give up too soon. Don't get to the point where you're like, oh, I've been doing this for two years. I don't see a payoff. Because you years. can get discouraged. And I you got can. discouraged, yeah. you know, at one point and I almost gave it up. But I just what kept you from giving up? 
because it. because I know where because I had to really sit back and think. I had to close my eyes and think like where I started and where I am now. Mm-hmm. And of course, I think we are our own worst critics sometimes, and True. we don't realize how far we've come, how much we've accomplished. Because you'd be like, oh, I know I need to accomplish more. But if I really sit back and listen, like some, I can have. My manager, she always tells me, like, yo, you have done some great things. And it takes <clears throat> it takes for me to really sit back and think about, like, damn, for I, have, I really have. I've accomplished a lot in, in a short period of time, too. Yeah. So th- at that point in time in my low, I was like, you know what? Let me keep pushing forward. Let me try to rebrand myself. Let me, let me try to revamp because, you know, I know that I can do this because I see there's other chefs that are millionaires. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Doing, what the, what, doing what they do. And so I just have to be innovative in what I'm trying to do to reach the masses. So, so can we get your what's your lowest point in all of this? What's what's the point where you're like I'm over it? Um, when I was I think probably when I was working in the restaurant, you know, I kind of started losing my passion because I'm a creative, and so it was the same thing every single day. And I was getting off work every single day, super late, and you know, just. Um, just that grind, and it was still. And being I'm a like, sous chef is so difficult. Is that what is, you're talking about? Yeah. Well, you're, that is a such a difficult job. It, those, it really is. For those who don't know what a sous chef is, I mean, I mean, so you're not, so you got your um, your executive chef in the kitchen, and you have the basically like the assistant, Helper. the sous chef, mm-hmm. right? And so they do a lot of prep, and also they um, kitchen manage the kitchen as well. When the make executive sure all chef, the foods okay, when yeah, it goes out. Mm-hmm. yeah, you got to make sure you you, you um, I work in an expo window, making sure all the food goes out, no tickets under Nothing's over a certain. Raw or- yeah, everything is you know, cooked perfect. exactly what the, what the ticket's supposed to be. The plates look exactly the way they're supposed mm-hmm. to look and stuff like that. And so, um, and managing the kitchen as a whole, too. And then sometimes you might have to get on the line, too, mm-hmm. and cook and do mm-hmm. all type of stuff. So, it became, it was just, I was just over it at that how, point. How big was that kitchen? How many people, how many staff members did you guys have? We probably had 15 to 20 back there. Okay. Yeah, 15 to 20 people on the line, people... Um, back there prepping food, yeah. you know, dishwashers, you know what I'm saying? And, so. and you weren't a part of the creative process. You were just a part of the, uh, I don't even know what to call it. Well, I mean, our executive, she did um, create the menu before I got there. So I was pretty much brought in to help, help execute and help manage, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? But so. again, as you said earlier, I think there are also learning opportunities in that position because I think a lot of times people <clears> – <throat> Are so good in one area that they feel like they can't grow in. Oh another. no doubt, and that's where you I was. That's that's where I was getting ready to go to because although I started losing my passion, I I, I want to open up my own spot. You know myself that mm-hmm. I own, and I'm putting forth the, the effort and making not making fourteen dollars wow. an hour as a sous chef, right? Mm-hmm. So in order for me to do that, guess what I got to do? I got to get in the kitchen and work that job right. so I know what to do. Right. I've been a bartender before. I know how to bartend. So you know, if I open up a lounge, I want to be able to know what is going on, what's the drink count, all that mm-hmm. stuff. You know what I'm saying? And and the vibe and all that stuff. So if you, I, I had to take those jobs in order for me to learn. You know, I worked at Dell as an account manager, so I know how to manage, you know, accounts and talk to CEOs and talk to prominent people because I was an accountant. So I took that and I learned from that job and I use that in my business today. That's beautiful. So you get to the point where you de- you're trying to decide, do you continue on the path of cooking or mm-hmm. what was your other option? Did you well, have another option? I start, I was really <laughs> considering putting together my resume. And going back to corporate world. Okay. But then I just thought about it like, man, I don't want to go work for nobody else. I love my freedom. I love being able to create my own schedule. Let me get back out here, do these meal preps, and try to pick up more clients hustle. and hustle. Mm-hmm. I just hustle, 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 and just took it up to a high, next level. 
and it just started paying off for me. And I want to say, too, that a lot of times, some of y'all still need to work. I know a lot of times we come over here and we're like, you know, quit the job and do this. No, you can't you just know, quit the job. If you are not, I think... But I was fortunate because... I'm I'm like, okay, I'm single, I have no kids, let me go ahead and, and yeah. just grind this out. You know what I'm saying? I was going to say, like, just make sure you understand your area in yeah. life. Because a lot of times people, I always see these posts, especially on Instagram, where people are like, forget a nine to five, not working. Right. And I was so happy because, um, uh, what's the founder of FUBU, what's his name? Damon um, Yes, he John. he recently has been posting a lot about the fact that, you know, the first couple of years of him developing FUBU, he had a real a nine to five. Yep. Mm-hmm. And... I loved that because I know from knowing so many creatives and knowing so many entrepreneurs, a lot of times they look down on those of us who are both a creative and who work a nine to five. But the things that I'm able to attain in my life on my nine to five, you know, in my creative life have been because I had the money to put behind it Absolutely. from my nine to five. And so I just think it's important that we stop right there. He has set himself up from the beginning to be able to get to that point where he's like, you know what, I could either go here or I could go there. Either way, right. I could go. You I, know. I also think that like being a creative, you're you're always I'm trying to think how to say it. You're always used to instant gratification, as you said before. Mm-hmm. So like you're used to you you were you were in sports. Mm-hmm. You do the work, you play the game, you get the accolades. Payoff, yeah. yeah. Right. I'm a musician. I play I play an instrument. I come off stage. They pay me. People love me, right. you know? You're a singer. You sing. Not a singer. Yeah, you're a singer in my eyes. Mm-hmm. You sing here. You write a song. You hear the song. <laughs> you love it, right? Um, and I think what we forget is that you have to plan. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to live, like, you have to live without the instant gratification. Yeah, that's to true. Get, to get the instant gratification. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you have to save. You have to work. You have to invest in you so that you, you can You have get, to fail. Dang. Say it. Hit me with it. Hit me. You have to fail. That's the only way you learn. Mm -hmm. That's the only way you learn. And so you know what not to do next. You know, so. And I I feel like you also got to be in some rooms where you know you don't want to be. Like, when you were in that restaurant, I'm sure the creative person in you was like, hell no. You know what I mean? Like, no, 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 Yeah, like, this isn't my food. Right. The business person in you is probably like, I'm learning this. I'm learning that. I can use this skill. I can use that skill. But the creative person is like, no. Exactly. I'm not supposed to be here. So you have to put yourself in those situations, mm-hmm. you know, that are uncomfortable so that you can exactly. be stretched a little bit. So if a chef wants to impress you, tell me what they got to make. Give me that oh. dish that you're going to be like, I don't know how you pull this off. Let's do it. <laughs> um, I don't know. You know, I never even thought about nothing thought, like that. Like what well, I'm saying. Like, impress me. A, like, I'm, I don't, you know. What impresses you? Um, I mean, I just love color on a plate, really. You know, I love seeing uh, plates with plates a lot of... plates are mad colorful, which I appreciate. Yeah, no, I, I love colors. You know, putting colors on a plate and just putting plates together and making it look so good. You know what I'm saying? So, top, um, the top port... port huh? Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, I'm just saying portion sizes are, are spot on, you know, um, j- the right combinations of flavor and stuff like that. So, no, I just... I'm, I, I love chefs, so <laughs> I just love seeing just great food. So your top three dishes that if I if I say hey I need I need your best what you gonna what you gonna what you gonna hit me with first man um, my uh, my shrimp and grits are second to none well um, we have to see about that <laughs> right I actually I make, make the this best shrimp and I make grits. this uh, jerk cook off 
Quiet. She don't want nothing. Why, why you get quiet? <laughs> you look at I'm just saying, I make the best shrimp and grits. There oh are people who are listening to this podcast right now who can vouch for that. Oh my my shrimp and grits are a tell, tell me what's the secret but to your shrimp ahead. and grits. Just, I, I can't no, tell you can't my tell secret you to my shrimp and grits. Dougie, you can't ask somebody that. I was trying to get it. There's no way. No way. Anyways, go ahead. Talk about the second to mine shrimp and grits. No, I make this crab, and it's like crab jerk. Lobster um, pasta. Oh, it's ridiculous. Is it a cream that, sauce? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that sounds. So I good. shrimp and grits, salmon. And I make a stupid. Uh, well, I make a stupid lamb chop, sea bass. See, I think oh, if, man. if now I you're think, getting into my lane for well, real. Are you, are you doing a jelly with it? Or are you kind of just like straight up? Here's the lamb. What you doing? Oh no no no! I mean, a lot of times I just marinate it. I do like an Asian marinade. I think the jelly is like nineteen ninety five. Just it? from like a cooking show, like fan. Yeah. Some of that stuff is so played, like the twisted lemon at the top and stuff like. Will change mm-hmm. a life. If a if a lamb is cooked right, it's like a steak. Yeah. If it's cooked right, you don't need a thing. Yeah. Really? Lamb and then, yeah. So I, I like to use Greek flavors on them too. When you look back over your career mm-hmm. as a chef, what moment are you most proud of? Um. I would say when I had got selected to do My City Four Ways. Okay. Um, it was an event by Essence Magazine mm-hmm. and Ford. And um, so they picked like four people, creatives, um, music, art, fashion, and food. Wow. And so I represented all of Atlanta as the chef that represented for food. Nice. And so I had to like do like Southern dishes. So I did like the, like shrimp and little small shrimp and grits, peach cobbler. I did, oh, the like, second best shrimp and grits in the world. No, the first best. And um, actually, third vegan best tacos, I make shrimp and grits also. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so when I got when I got Jesus that, so it was like it was like he was my my guy was there. Man, it was like an adrenaline rush. Was it? Because I cooked alongside Khalees, and I didn't oh, wow. even know she was a chef at the time. Is she a chef? Yes, yeah. I yes. didn't know did that. She, I, I went she, to go see her when she was in town recently. Did she make a milkshake? And did it bring all the boys to her the yard? Her food definitely brought all the, right. the guys to the yard. <laughs> it was better than yours. Damn right. She did. She did. So, but, um, and she's dope. Like, Is the she? food what that she creates. What type of food she make? Man, she made some, um, she made this oxtail and she put it on, I don't know, I can't remember. It was like last year. But she just made like some just creative stuff. Okay. She made this beat um, stuff this year. It was it was crazy she good. better than you though? I don't. I never say anybody is better than me. Hey. Like she, but she is dope. Like she is one of the best for real. Who are some other um, culinary artists or chefs that you look up to or you admire? There, um, Chef Harper is one of one. You know, he was over at Sweet Lounge. Like he's dope. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna just talk about around the city, the city that whoever I, you, you know, want. You can say. Um, definitely inspired by Chef Fido out of DC. You know, mm-hmm. seeing what he's doing out, out there. Um, you know, um, and uh, Rachel Ray, of course. Aww, <laughs> I, love I used to Rachel love some Ray. Rachel Ray. She back was in the my day. first introduction to cooking. No, shows. mine too. The thing about you, chef, is honestly, I think that in addition to your food being really good, like women would like swarm all around you mm-hmm. because you're attractive. No, thank you. And Wrong. I think that. I don't that care what may, you say, bro. may not be. He's not a client you know, of Douglas Watley, but he'll do. You know what, Dougie? Stand your ground. <laughs> I'm like Florida, baby. In here. Oh, but I think that that may be one of your... Um, and. It's so not, he's basically saying I'd be selling myself to make. To, what uh, I'm saying, what I'm saying is that you, you gotta would be use what you foolish got. to not. What I'm saying That's is you would be foolish to not do that. No, absolutely. You know what I mean? No. Because I'm if, a product. I'm. A, that's why I call my company the main ingredient because you have 
all of this stuff, but I'm the main ingredient. Yeah. And people want to book me. People book me for my personality. That's how uh-huh. I got booked for mm-hmm. J.J. Smith. To Why do, do you a- think women book you? I mean, I, I, I'm a handsome guy, and yeah, I got a beard. I just want to make sure he's going to honest. <laughs> I also have a the beard. <laughs> I, have a full, I have a full grown man beard. Oh, damn. <laughs> damn. I also have a beard. It is on my back. <laughs> I named him Harold. <laughs> That's why, because you've named your beard. <laughs> Regardless good, if it's on your back or not, you named it. <laughs> he's a good friend. But um, but no, no, I understand that because I've gotten booked several times yeah. for ladies' nights, and mm-hmm. you know I've had clients you know that are women that have come have me cook and stuff like that, and be biting their lip. I catch them like, what you looking? At? <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, and then they get came, some drinks going. It's a wrap. You came in and me, like, and Jay both got giddy out here. And I was like, come down, guys. I'm here. It's really kind of like your self-taught. So you didn't necessarily go to culinary school or have nope. any like official training or teaching. Nope. Ultimately, it is a decision to not have <clears throat> gone that route as a cook. Well, um, I, I actually enrolled into culinary school at one point, but I was still working in corporate, and I couldn't do both because okay. of this. my schedule was so demanding with my job, and that schedule was would have been demanding with school, mm-hmm. so I couldn't do the you know both at the same time. So what I did, I talked to a couple of chefs, like Chef Rob is one of my mentors, I would call him okay. and talk to him and... Um, you know, just get some advice and things like that. Because he had went to culinary school and he was just like, man, you you just get a couple of chefs to mentor up under. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's the way. You know what I'm saying? And so that's what I did. I, I had a couple of chefs. Chef Kawan, shout out to him. He was my executive chef over at Scales. And so, you know, I still learn a lot from them. And I call those guys when I have questions and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I pretty much kind of, you know, just do the rest just by trial and error and learning and, and, and doing my research and things like that. So... Um, but I, I, I may, you know, eventually do something to get some type of training, but you know, it's just cause that stuff costs too. And I was like, well, I'm, I don't want to spend $40,000 for somebody to teach me what I already know how to do. Mm-hmm. And then I was, you know, cooking next to people that actually went to culinary school and cooking circles around them. So you're going to have to train under me, sir. That ham sandwich <laughs> that I made for Tim Reed. I don't want nothing about that ham sandwich. <laughs> I don't make ham sandwiches. <laughs> you will once you train under me. <laughs> but, uh, away, but yeah, no, um, and and I, I don't discourage anybody to go get training right. or anything like that because if you want to do that, then by all means do it. But I felt like, you know, God was gonna open up the doors that needed to be open for me, and I just stepped out on faith and I did it, and you know, the rest was pretty much history. So, how how often are you trying new dishes? Um, sometimes every day and sometimes I might go a few days without cooking at all. Really? You know, I might, you know, I, this week has been kind of slow. So I just been kind of, you know, taking it easy cause I know it's about to ramp up after Thursday for me. So, you know, um, when I'm cooking for my client, I'm a personal chef for, um, one of the Falcons players right now. So when I cook for him, I try to cook something different every single day and something, sometimes I cook stuff that I've never cooked before. And I just because I just want to try it out, you know what I'm saying. When you make those meals for your clients, are you like tasting them? Are you making them at home first and then making mm-hmm. them for your clients? Are you just going off? I just the- go off. Sometimes I might go to the grocery store and see what they have fresh, and then I or I may go into the grocery store with an idea on what I want to cook, mm-hmm. and I see this, and I'm like, oh, I can twist that and do that. I can stuff that with that. That'll mm-hmm. be good. That's mm-hmm. that's. It's, I'm all about a feeling how I feel that day. It's interesting how, and this might not be interesting to you guys, but it's interesting how. There are so many apples. 
and there are so many potatoes. There are so many grapes. Man, like, it's ridiculous. It's like a, a it's a million thing? different. It's like so I seen a post the other day. It was like a million different vegetables out there that or fruits that we have never heard of in different countries yeah. and stuff that are edible. And so mm-hmm. I'm a huge like veggie person. Like I love vegetables. I can I don't I, I don't I've never really claimed <laughs> to be like a vegetarian or anything like that. But I do not have to have meat. Like I can same. eat. Same you way. know. I have like greens stored in my freezer at any point because I just I can pull it out and just eat that. You know what I mean? And you don't put no turkey necks or nothing. Like I do that. actually. No. I put turkey put neck in there. But I mean, there. the turkey, turkey neck wing. is really just for the flavoring. <laughs> but you know, I do always put turkey neck in. Gotta put a turkey greens. leg in there. That turkey gotta um, die for you to enjoy. You're your right. Yeah. You're right. You but sacrifice. I said that to say, what are your thoughts on the whole wave? Because I know I follow you on Instagram, and I know at one point you were vegetarian vegan. or vegan. I, yeah. I watched and, that documentary just yeah, like Yeah, and it just, else. like, Which got one? you. What the health? Oh, man. And yeah, I remember you, what like, pushing, like, different meals that people hard. could. You went yeah, super hard. I did. I, did. And, I was trying to change lives. you know, I. Um, <laughs> Shout out to Kamal Brothers, my photographer. Like, this dude went, did it with me. We both went vegan. We went Do you hard. eat meat now? Okay. First of all, Kamal looks. 21. So, <laughs> so he doing something right over there. I don't know what it is, man. He live on a beach. That's why. Uh, <laughs> he wake up to a beach every that's day. That's probably why. But what are your thoughts on, I mean, as a person who has, you know, really good understanding of food, probably more so than the average person. Um, what are your thoughts on all these like craze, crazes of like vegan or vegetarian Man. or whatever? Like what are your So since thoughts? I've since I've been on all these different ways, I've tried everything to the keto diet to being vegan to being vegetarian to eating no pork to all this stuff you got to do what works for you everybody Amen. is different everybody um has their vices mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying um and you just i mean you have to be conscious on certain foods that you're eating you know there's healthier options of mm-hmm. you know you can get regular chicken that's been fed by corn or you can get organic chicken that's been fed by you know leafy vegetables so you can make choices like that um but really what works for you a lot of people do it for different reasons too mm-hmm. for holistic reasons for health reasons for um just because they want to lose weight so whatever is going on with you like you need to do what's best for you and do you like engulf yourself in these crazes because you're a chef and you want to kind of understand what food does to people or no i'm a regular human being just like committed everybody to else these yeah. things okay yeah i wanted to go vegan because i saw the documentary and i was like oh my god they are doing this to the meat oh, i'm never eating that again mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying I so we, but i think we all felt like that. <coughs> yeah we did no we yeah all walked away bad. from that from that like, yeah we got to make a change yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah 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 so it does make you more conscious when you see stuff like that so but it's hard for me because i cook so much yeah. and i have other clients that are that, that are not vegan or yeah. not ever going vegan, so I have to cook this stuff, and sometimes I have to taste it. So the temptation may sell. Yeah, I was sometime. about to say that's the one thing I used to think when you were in your vegan moment. Mm-hmm. I know you were still cooking. I would see stuff like on the timeline. I was so strong, and Believe I'm like, yeah, well, not even about strength, but I know at least what I tell myself from watching my cooking shows <laughs> is that a good you know cook is always tasting mm-hmm. you know and i will always be like dang he can't even like but sometimes i don't even have to taste my food i have you know my core seasonings that i use that's the dog <laughs> that's did a dog. coop choke is he okay he's had some good days okay he's he been smoking <laughs> coop, is coop is addicted to marijuana coop probably is addicted to marijuana at this point in his life <laughs> i don't know how anyway continue the story <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
uh, where were we at? You were we saying you don't always marijuana. have to taste your food. <laughs> I do cook with cannabis, though. I've done several events where um, we've done like small dinners, and we've and um, I've done infused cooking. That's a huge thing nowadays, like infusing food. Yeah, but it also has some health benefits. It has a you know lot what I mean? of health And I think benefits. that really? even for people who mm-hmm. are, like don't necessarily smoke marijuana or even like engage in it yeah. in any way I want that food. you have to acknowledge the fact that there are some health benefits coming from a culture where i had a grandma that would go get an aloe vera plant and you know rub it on my I sores or whatever and me too i keep my you know, black seed me oil me too my you oil know, of oregano ginger, ginger i mean all so that many stuff. things can heal you and mm-hmm. i feel like another reason why black people progress so well is just that we you know it's kind of like the blessing of the curse in mm-hmm. which that we didn't necessarily have access, or at least in my family, to like big doctors and medicines and all of that. You may not know some of these terms like black seed oil or flaxseed or some things that Whoa. you're not familiar with. But I promise you, you have things in your kitchen yep. that ginger, amazing, garlic, turmeric. amazing, honey, antibiotic properties like turmeric. Mm, I mean, like there's yeah. just so many different cayenne pepper. Yeah. There's so many things in your kitchen that can heal or or help you with certain symptoms so, in your body that maybe why, you're not aware why of. Why do you think that we, as a culture, we shy away from it? Like, if you look at, like, Muslim people or even, quote-unquote, five percenters, um, these people who are have these, I don't want to call them alternative religions, but I'm going to call them alternative to mainstream religions. Mm-hmm. They, they, they invest their lives into this stuff. And we look at it as if it's a. It's, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, yeah, like they, it's like they, some, some cultures already know this stuff. Yeah, but it's because we, it's because we we're so Americanized and we have adopted European European civilization, and so all of that stuff that we we're just we're taught it from a kid. If you think about black people, we are. If you when you were in school, you think that black people started at slavery. Do you remember ever learning anything in school about our real, our history and us being kings and queens and being rich? And we wonder why our young black people like to wear chains and like nice cars and nice things because we that that's where we come from. We come from a culture that had jewelry, had all of this stuff. We built pyramids and all that stuff. So that's in our blood. You know what I'm saying? But we don't understand that because... We, th- they have taught us <laughs> in our schools that you know we started at slavery. Misha saying something in the back. She's whispering. Oh, Pimp C was it? Or it was Pimp C mm-hmm. that said it, but it I was a sample from Pimp C <laughs> at the top of a Jay Z song okay. that featured Rick Ross. But yeah, yeah I don't, it's I don't true. remember. Yeah, but yeah, but it's true though. I mean, that's just our culture, and so I think that the more and more we are being becoming woke. You know, uh-huh. uh, people like to use that term, but the uh, more and more we understand who we are and where we come from and us being kings and queens, the more we are understanding and we walk into our own power, you know, so. And I also think we just have too much. And I'm not saying that we have too much in a sense that we shouldn't have a lot of things. I'm just saying that when you, it's easy for you to fall into like complacency with your health and comfort you know, when you can eat whatever you want to eat mm-hmm. or you can have Comfort whatever you want, mm-hmm. you know, versus eating to survive. Because we have so much at our disposal that we misuse food, you know, and we misuse. We don't think about it as much as a fuel for our bodies as we do a, like a treat. Yeah. or a Food is supposed to be just fuel. Yeah, Something it's fuel. Indulge. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, yeah, absolutely. So, so what do you, what, Chef Willie? What do you think? What is the best way to appreciate food? If if I if I wanted to uh, enjoy the culinary arts of Atlanta, what do you say? Hey, start here. Check this place out, or look into this this chef. Like, hey, book Chef Willie Wallace. Yeah, that's all. That's what oh. I was gonna say. Yeah. Uh, my web <laughs> go to my website, which is Chef. C H E F Willie W I L L I E Wallace dot com, and that's how you can um, figure out where to get the best food. Hey, all right. Well, go ahead and give me an Instagram too while you are Chef Willie C H E F W I L L I E Wallace. That's with an A C E, not an I S. On IG, if you put an I S on that motherfucker, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised, man. Wallace, Chef, when you're home by yourself, what do you cook for yourself? Man, so I I keep it real unless okay. So Can I'm kind of back. No, <laughs> so I, a lot of times I just cook some basic stuff for my meal prep, so I can just because I'm on the go so much sometimes, and like I might just throw some ground turkey and some broccoli together. That's what I ate earlier today, just you know for fuel, because I'm trying to drop some weight myself. But there's some days where I you know I haven't cooked or whatever, and I'm like, let me create a dish today so I can post it on my Instagram, and I just cook something dope. Hey, on the on those days that you cook those dip, those meals that you just kind of want to throw on Instagram, can I come get it? <laughs> well, considering that I don't make ham sandwiches, and that seems to be no, the no, only I, dish. I, dish. We're going to call our ham sandwich a dish that you like. I've mastered that. I don't need that. I can do You're that. not a plate of ham sandwich, right? <laughs> on top at, a, at an angle just like that. Portion size. Angle the cone <laughs> on the side. Um, so you... Obviously, cook very well. Like that's not something that can be denied because everybody loves your Thank food. You. I Thank always you. see people ranting and raving. You know when you post things. Um, speaking to other chefs out there, maybe chefs who are coming up now, mm-hmm. who you know pe- people who love to cook. What are some pointers that you will give them um, as far as the execution of a meal, or even like? how important plating is or maybe yeah. like their pic- pictures that they I would post say, online. Like what's some point is that you would get? I would say just like study chefs. other chefs and cause every, you, you got your own style, right? Everybody has their own style. So you can, you can literally look at some other chefs and say, and kind of take some of their ideas and stuff like that and twist it and make it your own. Who doesn't do that? They do that in music all the time. Mm-hmm. They do it in every industry. You know what I'm saying? So this is the same thing. So there's a lot of times I might go and see a plate on Pinterest or something like that. And I'm like, hmm, let me look at the ingredients real quick and I'll make it my own. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So I would say that. Find some chefs to mentor up under. Ask questions to. Go work for them. Mm-hmm. It ain't all about it being free. People see that I'm a celebrity chef and they like they want to see like the glitz and glamour of everything. But when they come work for me, they see how much of a grind it is. And ain't about yeah. what celebrity I'm cooking for. Yeah. You know, it's about that grind and executing everything to the best uh, of, of my ability. So, you know, just finding somebody to work up under and, um, you know, just be creative, mm-hmm. you know, to, you know, think outside the box sometimes and, um, and just be really creative with what you're doing. And, um, you want to make sure everything is clean cut when you're cooking it. You know what I'm saying? When you're plating it, just make it look really good and use that artistic eye. That's it. That's really good pointers. Because sometimes I see people in, like, they are chefs or they just love cooking yeah. and it just doesn't look appetizing. Yeah. You know, and it's such a big thing, no matter how good it tastes. Right. 
you know, people who aren't there to taste it or, right. you know, just anybody, it needs to look appetizing. Right. And I think that's a good point. Like, yeah, be creative. Some people, yeah, some people, they post some, some trash sometimes. <laughs> and I'm like, what is that? I'd be like, I'll eat it. Yeah. Dougie. <clears throat> even if I, even you know what? Even if I cook something that I know that looks trash, I'm not like even going to post it. Yeah, like... <laughs> Yeah, just keeping your stuff real clean cut, professional, you know what I'm saying, getting a good angles, good lighting on your on your pictures, on your food and stuff like that. What are the staples in your kitchen? The staples, uh, I mean, mm-hmm. I, have, I have like every season known to man up in my cabinet, you know what I'm saying? Um, you know, and I and I, I like to make different sauces and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I always got my broths, my, my heavy creams, my coconut milk, stuff like that. Uh, coconut cream, you know, so I always keep that stuff. Like, um... You do well with a show. I feel yeah, like, I mean, yeah. I'm working on some stuff on my own show right now. I but like you um, take a, a, a left angle of it, whatever you do, just go a little bit left. I think, you know, <laughs> no, I'm saying. Cause no, what, I think I would do well on the show. Like, I have no problem. That's how I really kind of, one of the things that got me started, too. Oh, you. I actually had an idea for a show, like, going into somebody's kitchen. Because, you know, people always work. say, man, I ain't got nothing to eat. But I Damn, can go in your, I can go in your cabinet and be like, hmm, I can take this, me this, this, and too. I create something. Hey, if you if you do a show, you're gonna need a sidekick. Okay? <laughs> he just want to eat, man. He, he want to eat, and he want to be on somebody's I show do. as a sidekick. He right, want to be a sidekick right, right. so I wanna, bad. I want a perpetual right. sidekick. Yeah, you already got a sidekick job. <laughs> I want more. Dougie Loki is like the main reason people listen to this podcast. Actually, it's so true. I listen to it sometimes when I'm editing, like just editing episodes, or if I'm actually listening to the podcast because I do, and I just appreciate how funny he is. Half the time, I'm like crying, editing, like laughing so hard. Like Dougie, shut up, God. No, I won't (laughs) end on that show. It's not that bad, and I I, I think it'll be a it'll be a nice uh, it'll be awkward because she'll be so tall and I'll be so small, and it'll be uh, we 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 go. It's called the kitchen takeover. We come to your mama house. And just what? cook everything. Come to your dorm room <laughs> with a hot plate. He's right. already and told cook, you what the show was going to be about. I know. I'm in on it. Executive producer, Douglas Watley. Of the Watley. I shoot that thing with an iPhone camera. Anyway. Okay, uh, Chef. Show canceled. So where can we find you? You can find me uh, on Instagram, Chef Willie Wallace. And my website is ChefWillieWallace.com. <clears throat> I provide all different types of services. Meal prep. Catering, um, I do cooking classes. <laughs> <I> just <laughs> I do it all. <laughs> I do speaking engagements. What else? Uh, bar mitzvahs. Yeah, I do bar mitzvahs. I don't do that, but yeah. bachelorette parties. Yep, definitely bachelorette parties for sure. Also, I will be assisting at bachelorette parties. I'll be dancing also. <laughs> um, fully clothed. I'll with never get booked that. again. <laughs> I'll have on a boy, a body suit. He gonna have a chafing dish full of ham sandwiches. <laughs> Acting a ham. Cut it a square. With that Cut thing, it a triangle. Like Michael Jackson used to have that, with that, that, that clipped under the bottom. What's that thing called? Dougie, nobody knows Michael like you. Uh, a leotard, maybe? I don't know. It don't matter. I'll be there. Um, also, hashtag uh, ham sandwich <laughs> and Tim Reed. Anyways, thank you so much, Chef, for coming. Thank you so I much. I hope for you enjoyed yourself. Me. I know I it's did. a ride. And I hope Definitely you feel did. like at least you told your story to your Yeah, I think I got a lot out. Liking. <laughs> well, I think, I think you probably have told your story several times. I think tonight we got to talk to the man. Yeah, for sure. The for man, sure. the myth, the legend. Yeah, we the talked cook. about a lot of good stuff. You we know? did. We had a good Chef time. Hopefully, I hope that we helped a lot of people. I am sure there are so many gems in Chef's story that will help not just culinary artists, but 
people in general. So thanks so much for stopping by, Chef. Thank you, Dougie, as always, for holding it down with me. I appreciate everybody that tuned into this episode and every episode of the Coastline Podcast. Please keep listening. We have some amazing interviews coming up. You don't want to miss it. Thank you, guys. Bye. Doing your thing, oh, you deserve a cosign.